Welcome to the Captain Paul Watson Foundation podcast. I'm your host, Charlie, and I'm joined with Captain Paul Watson. Paul, how are you doing today? Doing fine. Thank you. Great. So, Paul, I, I take it you're on the ship right now. Is that correct? On board the John Paul de Joria, and uh, it's been a calm voyage so far from New York, uh, flat seas all the way. Uh, we saw a beautiful fin whale uh, two days out from New York, and uh, yesterday we saw a pot of orcas and some pilot whales. And presently, right now, we're passing through the Belle Isle Straits uh, between Newfoundland and Labrador, which puts us about a thousand miles from Iceland. We're not too concerned about arriving in time right now because uh, Lawson's operations, uh, whaling operations, have been delayed. Uh, he needs a permit, which he doesn't have, and he's hustling to get it done. We're all hoping, of course, that that would mean the cancellation of the uh, of the whaling. But Lawson's very committed to uh, going out whaling, despite the fact that there's so much opposition against He's put brand new uh, harpoons on uh, his vessels. He's refitted his vessels. He's been delayed because of this uh, permit he needs for his uh, factory, actually, abattoir, I guess, what, what they needed. He didn't. He has to do some improvements to get it. So it looks like it might be delayed as much as two weeks. Uh, so we'll probably just hang out here um, at sea, uh, drifting, not using very much fuel to wait him out. And uh, But the good thing is, is that when he begins to go whaling, we will be in the perfect position to... Uh, to intervene before he begins. That's great. So, okay. So this was sort of something that you all have uh, planned for ahead of time. So the fact that he's delaying the, the whaling season, uh, that's not going to cause any you know negative impacts for you guys. You guys are going to be there to stop him whenever he resumes. Well, actually we were a little concerned that uh, he would begin before we arrive, but now it's actually guaranteed that uh, he won't begin before we arrive. So um, our objective is to make sure that he kills zero whales, and uh, that's what we intend to do. So, and, you know, for our listeners, too, um, that that weren't in New York, you know, we had a, a nice a celebration in New York of christening of the ship, and Jean-Paul de Joria was there. Uh, can you describe that a little bit and, and being with Jean-Paul and, um, you know, getting the ship ready in New York? We brought the ship to New York for a number of reasons. One, so we could load on equipments like uh, jet skis and other equipment, and also so that uh, John Paul de Joria could officially dedicate the vessel that he sponsored. And uh, then I was also joining the vessel in New York. So there's a lot of things that we got accomplished while we were in New York and uh, to make it ready for this particular uh, voyage. Yeah. And, and, you know, I got a chance to tour the ship. Um, it's it's very impressive and it's, it's a lot bigger, I guess, when you're on it than, you know, I mean, it looks impressive in pictures, but I, I just can't really describe to folks just how vast it is when you're walking through it and uh, you get to see all the, the cabins and, and nooks and crannies. And Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is, you know, probably one of the best ships that, that you've ever uh, been a part of and, and sailed with. It's the largest vessel that I've uh, ever had, and it was a former Scottish uh, fisheries patrol vessel, just like the Steve Irwin, but it was uh, built a little later than the, the Steve Irwin's, bigger, stronger, faster than the Steve Irwin. So this is actually the perfect vessel for us. Uh, you know, I was looking for a vessel that was fast, strong, and long range, and that's what this one is. So uh, we're, we're really quite uh, quite happy with it. 
So if, if Lofsen is able to get this operation off the ground, about how many fin whales is he targeting to kill? Does he have a quota in mind? He can kill up to 200, but uh, the fact that he's been delayed uh, already now a week, could be three weeks, he's not going to get anywhere near that. Well, first of all, he's not going to get anywhere. We're going to prevent him from killing any, but uh, uh, even if we weren't there, he wouldn't be able to get his quota because of these delays. There's a lot of pressure on the Icelandic government to not give him the permits, uh, but he's also the wealthiest man in Iceland, has a lot of uh, influence. This is his modern day Captain Ahab we're dealing with, you know, a man obsessed with killing whales. And he's got all the money in the world, so he doesn't really, he doesn't do it for money. Uh, but he's using uh, his wealth to get what he wants, and that is to continue to kill to kill the whales. And uh, so there's litigation against him to stop him. There's uh, proposed legislation to stop them. There's pressure from the whale watching industry to stop him. But, uh, you know, he tends to get what he wants. Yeah. So, Paul, how, how's the crew come together since you all have uh, set sail uh, out of New York? The crew are working very well. We have a production crew to film everything. Plus, you know, there's engine crew, galley crew, deck crew, bridge crew, and they're all working really well. We've got some really good engineers. The chief engineer came from Trinidad, and he's, uh, he's really good at what he's doing. Uh, all systems are running smoothly. We've got two vegan cooks who are doing a wonderful job. Uh, you know, providing uh, the crew out there with their daily meals. Uh, everything is going great. I can, there are no complaints from anybody uh, yet. Uh, possibly <laughs> it might be, you know, that's how ships go. But right. no, so far, no complaints. And everybody uh, is, uh, you know, has been enjoying the um, the trip so far. I mean, it's been it's been like sailing across the lake uh, ever since we left. And uh, it looks like we have a, a, a weather path that's all good all the way to Iceland. So we're wow. happy with that. Wow. So let me ask you another question. So if by chance uh, Lofsen is unable to get these permits and let's just say he's stalled indefinitely and he can't, uh, you know, pursue killing fin whales this year, um, is there, I guess, a plan B for what the ship might do or is that still yet to be determined? Well, if he doesn't kill any whales, then that's a total success and uh, not as dramatic, but the results are certainly (laughs) the same. Uh, if that happens, uh, then we will redirect uh, to the Faroe Islands and see what we can do there. Right today, they they rounded up 300 pilot whales, drove them into uh, the beaches in the Faroe Islands and killing them right now. It's happening right now. Um, and we do have a crew there, uh, but they're a land crew and there's only so much they can do, uh, you know, and to document and get the word out. But uh I uh, would bring the ship right to the Faroe Islands to see what we can do to interfere with the uh, the killing of the pilot whales there. Paul, why, why do the Faroe Islands kill so many pilot whales? I mean, are, are they able to consume that much whale meat? And and you know, having seen a bunch of different documentaries on, I mean, aren't aren't they being advised by local doctors not to eat pilot whale meat because of mercury levels and other things like that? They're only allowed to eat about 200 milligrams of whale meat, which means uh, for all the whales they kill, there's incredible waste. The bodies are dumped uh, over the cliffs or into the sea. Uh, they don't do this for, for food. They do it for, well, it's a tradition. They've been doing it for hundreds of years, and they think they have every right to do it as long as they want to do it. It's sort of like, uh, you know, they all go down and have a, they quit, they, they, they leave their jobs, they leave whatever they're doing and run down to the beach so they can kill something. They're but 
it's it's quite insane, really. But uh, you know, a lot of people have barbaric traditions like bullfighting in Spain and fox hunting in England, and this happens to be their particular barbaric tradition. And uh, because they're a very insulated society, they tend to be very nationalistic. I mean, they're, it's almost as if uh, their entire identification as a nationality is tied up with the the uh, cruel killing of, uh, of these pilot whales and dolphins. But I have to say, things have changed. When we first began to oppose the, uh, the killing of the pilot whales in the Faroe Islands, I would say 100% of everybody in the Faroe Islands is totally uh, for killing whales and against us. But I would say now it's about 50-50. We not only have a lot of people in the Faroe Islands who are opposed mm-hmm. to it, of course, a lot of them are afraid to come out and say that, but we actually have people in the Faroe Islands who are actively working to oppose it and they have no fear about identifying with with us and with what, with our cause. So that's been a lot of... Um, a lot of success over over the years. You know, these things, uh, especially when they're in insulated societies like this, tend to be very difficult. But, uh, you know, you just have to keep the pressure on. It could take a generation in order to to stop it. But uh, the the key to it is to never give up, to never retreat, to keep the pressure on constantly and uh, year after year after year. And we've we've seen the progress that's being made, and hopefully it'll be 100% eradicated. Um, you know, people in Europe are opposed to this. It's also illegal. Um, but, you know, trying to get the enforcement of laws has been very, very difficult. A lot of the people in the Faroe Islands have, um, you know, red passports, which uh, means that they're members of the EU and they therefore they uh, take advantage of EU benefits. But at the same time, the killing of these whales is illegal under EU laws. So it's sort of like they have their cake and eat it. We're going to we're going to kill whales, but we still want to enjoy the benefits of being members of the European Union. So we're constantly trying to put pressures on the European Union. But Denmark is very powerful in its um, in its support of this uh, so-called tradition. And uh, it's really a Danish hunt because Denmark controls it. Uh, it's the Danish police, the Danish Navy, the Danish, Danish courts, Danish immigration. And, uh, you know, the Faroese pretend that they're an independent country, but they're really a, they're really a colony of Denmark. Hmm. And do do children participate in these grins uh, on the beaches? The children don't participate in the actual killing, but they're down there on the beaches. And after the whales are killed, you can see them, you know, prodding the bodies or trying to knock teeth out of their mouths. Or, you know, I saw one picture of a of a boy holding the fetus that had just been ripped out of a of a out of a mother. So they they go down there, they sort of laugh and play with this and. Uh, what that tends to do is sort of desensitize the children, and of course that makes them more accepting of what what they what they grow up to be as adults. Yeah. But uh, there's no getting around it, uh, whether they be children or adults, whatever. This is an extremely barbaric pastime and has really no place in the 21st century. Yeah. Well, you know, Paul, I think um, I'll I'll leave you at that because I know that you're very busy on the ship and. Um, you know, as things, you know, get closer, as you get closer to Iceland and we find out if uh, Lofsen's able to get these permits and able to get his, you know, harpoon ship out there, I will uh, reach back out to you and try to get some updates on, you know, how we're doing and, and uh, hopefully no whales are killed this year. But Paul, again, I just want to thank you for your time and wish you and the crew the best of luck going forward. All right. Thanks, Charlie. All right. Thanks, Paul. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Bye. I want to thank Captain Watson for joining me today. I really appreciate him taking time out of his day to give us an update on what's going on with Operation PyCon. 
certainly as uh, Operation PyCon moves on, uh, I'm going to be checking back in with Captain Watson and also with uh, Captain Lockie McLean, as well as other members of the crew. My goal with this podcast is to try and give our listeners uh, a glimpse into what's going on uh, with the with the operation, and and you know, hopefully, our efforts to save as many fin whales as possible is successful. So stay tuned because you know if Christian Lofsen is able to get those permits and he's able to get his harpoon ship out on the water, uh, Captain Watson and Captain Lockie will be there to uh, intercept them and prevent them from harpooning uh, more endangered fin whales. Uh, so I, I wanted to remind our listeners that if you would like to support the Captain Paul Watson Foundation, you can do so by going to paulwatsonfoundation.org. There uh, you'll see uh, options to donate, whether it's a one-time donation or if you want to become a monthly donor and really support what we're doing here and help our organization grow, that is greatly appreciated. I also wanted to remind everybody that uh, during Operation PyCon, we're running uh, this Chart Your Course program. So if you become a donor and and, uh, donate over $1,000, you will uh, receive a nautical chart with artwork on it. And the artwork is, uh, you know, marine life, whether it's an octopus or uh, pilot whales, there's lots of different options, uh, but it's really uh, fantastic. And so... If you are planning on making a, a major donation like that, uh, please contact us so that we can uh, connect with you and make sure that you get this nautical chart. Uh, you would email contact at paulwatsonfoundation.org. If you are subscribed to our newsletters, uh, a couple newsletters back, uh, we announced the Chart Your Course uh, program. So you can maybe look in your email and find that newsletter, and, and you'll get more details uh, there. If you're not signed up for our newsletter, please do so. It's the best way to know what's going on with our foundation. Uh, Paul uh, himself writes uh, a lot of times for the newsletter, and we have other contributors as well. So you know, please do uh, connect with us that way, and you can sign up for the newsletter on our website. Lastly, I wanted to to mention that if you want to support Operation PyCon and you would like to have a t-shirt or a hoodie uh, with the Operation PyCon logo, uh, you can go to shop.paulwatson.com and you can peruse our store. Uh, We do have the Operation PyCon logo still up and it will be up for the duration of the campaign. Uh, It's a really neat logo. And if you want to show your support to, you know, folks out there in the world, it's a great way to do so. We also have the Neptune's Navy logo uh, merchandise up there. Um, I, I'm involved with the uh, merchandise for uh, the Captain Paul Watson Foundation. So I do get emails a lot from people asking about, oh, when are you going to get hats and when are you going to get zippered hoodies and all things. What I wanted to say for those of you that are uh, curious and um, listening right now is that, you know, we're partnering with T-Mail, which is a company based in uh, the UK, and they, they have a limited scope of products right now that they can offer. But why that's important, though, is because they are a very eco-friendly company, and uh, they're doing print-on-demand. And so what we sacrifice in the scope of products we can offer, uh, we gain in being able to offer products that we can feel good about and that are you know, environmentally responsible. So that's sort of the trade-off. Um, so I just wanted to get that message out there to folks. We're, we're very conscious about 
um, trying to, you know, be a good steward of the environment. And, you know, look, like making clothing, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a process. And sometimes those processes can be uh, damaging to the environment. So uh, if you want to learn more about that, though, uh, and, and what T-Mill does at their plants and everything to make the clothing, please do um, look up T-Mill. And if you go to our website, uh, or excuse me, go to our, our store, the shop.paulwatson.com, you can find uh, information about T-Mill. And I think you'll be really impressed, um, you know, even in their uh, dyeing process with some of the yarns and stuff, they're able to, to recycle the water and drink the water afterwards. So they're not like dumping effluent into rivers or anything like that, which is really important when it comes to making clothing. It's something that I'm uh, really passionate about. So we're really excited to be T-Mill's partner. Um, and I hope that, you know, folks that are like, oh, but I wish you had such and such clothing, just know that the reason we don't is because we're, we're trying to be um, as eco-friendly as possible about, about it. So, and, and, you know, as we grow and as T-Mill grows, we'll probably have more offerings. So keep that in mind. Um, I just want to thank everybody that's listening. Please do share this podcast uh, with your friends and family. Anybody that cares about the ocean and that understands the dire situation that the oceans are in, Uh, I think this podcast is for those folks. And again, appreciate y'all listening. And until next time, I will talk to y'all later. Thanks so much. If the oceans die, we die.